What is up to all my up-tempo podcast listeners? I hope you're having an amazing weekend. And I think today we have a very, very good episode coming to you. We are joined by Tyler Kluver, the former long snapper for the Iowa Hawkeyes. He also runs his own personal podcast with his former teammates, two buddies of his, called the Washed Up Walk-On Podcast. He's going to come on and tell you a little bit about the Iowa Hawkeye program, Coach Ferentz, his tenure at Iowa and how they have sustained success, uh, averaging eight wins a year up there, really, really difficult to do, but he has done it, and how he has them in the national media. Tyler goes in deep on that. And then he's going he's gonna to go in deep if Iowa could possibly get back to the Big Ten Championship. Could they make it to the college football playoff? And he's going to talk about what they have coming back next year. And then at the very beginning of the episode, Tyler takes us through his his playing time at Iowa and, and what it was like coming out for the Swarm entrance and, and, and their tradition there and what it was like playing at Kinnick Stadium. And then he moves on to talk about the wave and how that is so quickly turned into a tradition at Iowa and how much it means to the people of Iowa and not only the people, but the the children and families that are in that hospital. And, you know, in my opinion, it, it, it has quickly taken over college football as the greatest tradition of all time. In my opinion, I, I get, like I said, you know, I get chill bumps. It, it's, it's just, it's absolutely amazing. And, you know, I really appreciate Tyler coming on and, He's just going to break everything down, Iowa Hawkeye football, and I think you guys are going to love it. So here you go. Welcome back in, everybody, and today we are joined by a special guest by the name of Tyler Kluver. He's a former long snapper for the Iowa Hawkeyes and now a host on the Washed Up Walk-Ons podcast. How you doing, Tyler? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. Just uh, We just had a blizzard up here in Iowa, so... Uh, getting ready in a little bit to go shovel the driveway but for now i'm in the uh i'm in the warm house <laughs> oh man i heard that i'm glad we don't have to deal with that down here in alabama um sure. man first thing i want to i want to jump in here and ask you ask you tyler is what was it like in your playing days to come out to the swarm entrance at, at kinnick stadium and and just take us through that atmosphere real quick of, of, yeah, I mean, yeah, go ahead. The, uh, the swarm is a really special thing, man. It's, um, you know, if you watch most schools around the country, when they, you know, when they enter the field, mm-hmm. it's a lot of, uh, and, and it's not anything bad by any means, but, you know, they all run out sort of individually and sprint out onto the field. And sometimes the coach is leading them out. And at Iowa, back in uh, 1981, I believe, is when that started. Um, the coach took over the program. The, the program wasn't really in a good spot, and they wanted to really hammer down on a team concept. They wanted everybody to be together, and that was sort of the idea, the, the mantra of the team. So the swarm was born out of that, and uh, it, it's incredible, man. When you walk down that tunnel, you walk out of the locker room deep under the stands, and you, you can hear the music. And as you get closer, you can hear – the fans pounding on the side of the walls. Mm-hmm. Um, you come into view, and it's just this very almost slow, poetic entrance that's really different than a lot of teams do. So um, it's super special. Every time I 
attend a game now. It's it's a goosebump moment, mm. and uh, you know I, I cherish the the fifty or so times I got to do that. It was it was pretty incredible. Man, that's awesome. Um, it, it, watching it on TV, especially uh, with the Penn State game this year, uh, it was yep. it was special, man. And and you know I got a big listener. Tyler, uh, his name's Aaron Bowers, and his dad grew up in Iowa, and and he was. I told him about you coming on, and and one thing he wanted me to ask you was, are the visiting locker rooms still painted pink? They're still pink, man. They're still pink. <laughs> uh, it's a. Uh, it's not like a bright pink. It, it's sort of hard to describe. It's more of like a clay, sort of dull pink, and. Yeah, the, the whole idea, same thing with Coach Hayden Fry was was he wanted to, you know, he was a psychological guy. I think he might have even been a, a had a, a degree in psychology. So, um, you know, he supposedly that that color is supposed to um, create calmness and sort of uh, a serenity. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, as a as a football player, that's not really the the type of environment you want to be in when you're trying to hype yourself up for a game. So he he was trying to he was trying to play all the tricks on the on the opposing team and and it's still pink, man. The, the, the <laughs> toilets are pink. I, I mean, every single thing in the locker room is pink. It's wild. Oh, that is awesome. That is awesome, uh, Tyler. Man, you know my next question for you, and in my opinion, it's the it's the greatest thing in college football. What what is it about the wave, man? Just just take us through that, and and as a player and as a fan now, uh, and what does it mean to the people of Iowa and especially those those families and children in that hospital? Yeah, it's a really it's a really cool thing that uh you know sort of happen you know most most traditions uh in college football or really in college sports are really they're old, right? Like that's mm-hmm. why they're a tradition and it takes a while for it to become that. And it takes a while for it to develop into something special. Um, the reality of what the kids and their families are going through in the hospital that was built. Um, it's actually crazy. Cause my, my career sort of revolved right around the, the time, um, you know, the, the year I was recruited was the year that they broke ground on that hospital. And then Oh, wow. my senior my senior year is when it opened it took five years to build it and um and it was it was crazy and it wasn't you know the first year we did the wave and it was it was cool but it wasn't uh it wasn't what it was today and mm-hmm. then you know people people started to catch on to it and and opposing teams started to jump in on it and it's now a thing where you know there's a there's a dedicated time like a minute or 90 seconds where um that, that gets added on to that first quarter break because the teams actually go out and wave, the refs wave, everybody waves. Mm. Um, it's a really, really special moment. I cannot imagine what it's like for those little kids up there to have 70,000 people waving at them, acknowledging them. Um, you know, it, it makes them feel super special. And um, just in general, the you know, the, the connection between Iowa sports and, and that children's hospital has, has created a lot of really, really good stories. So, um, yeah, it, it's unique, man. One, one of those things that's just different uh, about Iowa. Man, I have chill bumps just sitting here, uh, just sitting here listening to you talk about it. it it's every time I watch it on, on, on TV, Tyler, I, I, I get choked up because, you know, it's just, it's a special moment and just seeing those kids wave back and, I mean, 
man, it gets me every single time. Yeah, it's it's um. There's not a lot of dry eyes in the stadium uh, when that happens. Mm. Man, I and I'm so glad you come on, man, because like I was so it's so interesting to me because. You know, Coach Ferentz has been there for so long. What was it, 99 he got hired on? Yep, and, that's right. And just the the sustained success at Iowa. And, and you know, I hear some people say that uh, Iowa's a mediocre program. But in my opinion, the job that he's done there with the 10-win seasons and, and, you know, the Big Ten championships and – and you know, making it this year to the Big Ten championship is as stacked as the Big Ten was, in my opinion. Uh, could you talk a little bit about Coach Ference and the job that he's done at Iowa? Yeah, it's, it's been um, you know he's a special guy, and I think you know his his tenure, twenty two, twenty three years at Iowa mm-hmm. as the head coach now. And, and in fact, yesterday. It was just announced that he signed an extension through 2029. Mm-hmm. Um, so he'll be he'll have been there for 31 seasons if he lasts all the way through that. Mm. Uh, it, he's he's just a special guy that that is different than a lot of the modern younger coaches that are in the country right now. Um, you know, he's he's not worried about going and chasing the bag. He's not trying to get the most money. He he's not trying to go to the most illustrious place. You know, like. Like I said, we, we were just in a blizzard. Iowa isn't a destination where uh, even like, you know, not even like Bama or just any other spot mm-hmm. in the SEC, but, you know, even USC or Oregon, the, the places on the coast where you might find better weather and uh, a lot more to do. Um, he, he just has found a way to do it at Iowa. And, and really what that boils down to is he, he recruits good people. Um and he brings good people in on his staff. And it doesn't really matter so much if there's a better player out there or a better coach out there. It It's not just about the football for him. And so that's kind of how he built his program. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's done a lot. And you're right, some people do consider that. I don't think when you break it down, people – think about Iowa's mediocre program mm-hmm. um, you know I think over coach Ferentz's tenure he's won uh, like eight point something games per year yeah which you know it's not it's not what Bama has done you know mm-hmm. they don't win 10 11 12 games a year um, but but how many programs do you know like exactly there's there's five <laughs> or six across the country that that win that often um, I think I just saw a, a graphic on Twitter the other day that there was like 25 teams that finished with 10 wins or more this year. Um, and, and, you know, without the COVID year last year, I think they would have won 10 games. Yep. They only played seven, six or seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he, you know, that would be three 10 win seasons in a row. And, um, and then you go back to 15 when I was playing and we, had, we went undefeated 12 and 0. Um, it's just, yeah, he just, it's a developmental program. They know how to bring people in. They might not play and start and contribute right away, but in two, three years, they know how to develop into um, a really, really good football team, and, and that's the product that you see on the field. Man, you broke that down perfectly. I, I love to hear that, and, and I'm a huge fan of Coach Ferentz, and, and I love how he's he stuck around. And like you said, he hasn't chased the bag, and you never hear his name come up in any – 
job openings. And that's, that's amazing to me. And yeah, I think, I think if he wanted to, you know, the teams would jump to have it, but yeah. he, just, he has no interest. And I think, I think other, other schools know that he doesn't have any interest. Like he just mm-hmm. doesn't, he, he doesn't care. Man, that's a special man. You don't, you don't find many of those in the, in the, in the game today. I mean, you know, perfect example, Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma. He just, yep. just bounced to, to Southern Cal, but man, you know, I look at Iowa, and like you were saying, without the COVID year, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not a fan of counting the COVID year. Uh, I just, I wasn't really a big, it wasn't a big hit for me. So, right. and you know, like you said, the back-to-back ten-win seasons, and looking forward to next year, man. How does Iowa? How do they? How do they? You know, knock the door down, and and win that Big Ten championship, and and could they possibly get into the college football playoffs next year? A really good question i think you know it starts with uh it starts with looking at what we have coming back and the answer to that question is a lot mm-hmm. um on offense we're going to return nine of 11 starters on defense we're going to return uh nine of i think it's nine on both sides of the ball mm. and um you know it, it, that's a little bit even a bit of a front because our, our D-backs, which is, you know, we led the nation in interceptions this past season. Um, we, we actually reload with with a five-star recruit, the best safety in the country, coming in as a high schooler. Um, and uh, a couple guys who were sitting as second stringers this year who would have been starters on 80 or 90% of the teams out there in the country. So we really – we basically reload fully on defense. And, and on offense, we lose two offensive linemen. Um, one of them is going to go top 10 in the draft. Uh, he just announced yesterday, Tyler Linderbaum. Um, and, and he was a, a crucial anchor on our offensive line, but we should have some young kid who steps in and does well there. Um, and then the other guy was like, you know, maybe our third or fourth best lineman. So, um, you know, we're, we're basically bringing everybody back. And so you look at that and you say, well, this should be pretty darn good next year. And, mm-hmm. and I think we will be, our defense will be again, you know, top in the country uh, or up there with, with Georgia, with Wisconsin, you know, those, the top five or 10, uh, the big, the big question, the big issue for us is our offense and, and mainly our quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, we just have a very average to below average uh, quarterback options right now. And, and I think they're going to try and figure that out. Obviously they'll get a little bit better from this year. Cause that just naturally happens. But it's really a question of how much of a jump can we make? Because when we get into a game with the Michigans or if we were to play somebody like an Alabama or Georgia, our defense can hang, but only for so long. The Mm -hmm. offense has to be able to sustain drives, put points on the board, and and make it an even fight. And uh, and this year we couldn't do that in the big-time, big-time games. Um, Next year I think we'll be closer. Um, I definitely think that we're a favorite to win the West again. And, and and go back to the Big Ten Championship, um, and, and that will be very telling. I think I think we will be in a better spot next year than this year, uh, but but people in Iowa are very excited. We, we're in a really good spot right now. Man, yeah, you, you you're coming with with hella answers, man, and and I absolutely love it. And and you know I, I want Iowa to 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 knock that door down and 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 knock off that Ohio State or that Michigan man and. And I'm 
I'm really excited about the Big Ten. You know, I think it's it's the second best conference in college football, right behind yeah. the SEC, and it's not close. It's them two and everybody else, in my opinion. Yep. And man, one thing I I have a lot of SEC followers, and you know, down here it's uh, the Big Ten. It, you know, they can't hang. You know, you know how it goes, and sure. just take my listeners through like. I see Iowa man in the back end loaded schedule. And like this year, I believe it was, they went to Maryland. They had Penn state Purdue at Wisconsin at Northwestern and Minnesota, just all right there, man. Can you tell the listeners like the grind of, of getting all those games just bunched up right there? Yeah, it's, it's different, man. It's, um, you know, it, it isn't the SEC. I think I'd probably agree with you. The SEC, uh, definitely, you know, over the last decade has is, is proven that they're the, they're, you know, probably the best conference and then the, the Big Ten's right there. Mm-hmm. I think what you see with that is you have, uh, you know, I think at the top you have the same amount of teams, right? Like I think mm-hmm. we're proving sort of, you know, Penn State on their good years, Ohio State's are always there, Michigan's there, Michigan State came out of nowhere this year. Um, you know, and those teams compete with, with Alabama, with LSU when they were, good a couple of years ago with Georgia, mm-hmm. Florida. Um, what, what The strength of, of the Big Ten is really in that next six to seven teams, right? Like this, it's a very, very um, formidable, not great, but very mm-hmm. formidable middle middle class of the Big Ten you're talking about. Uh, and, and I think in that middle class, I think we're sort of, we've ascended into the, the better of the teams, but mm-hmm. for a long time it's been, Iowa, Wisconsin, Northwestern, Minnesota, Purdue, um, Michigan State on their down years, um, you know, and, and then you obviously have, you know, the the clunkers at the bottom like Nebraska and Rutgers, but it's it's just there's you never get to walk into a week and just assume that you've got it in the bag. Like you just you it's always a dogfight, um, and not to mention you throw in the fact that we play. You know, up north here, as opposed to down south, where you know when you guys get into October and November, the, the temperatures are around 60, 70 degrees, maybe even higher. Man, it it, it was eighty degrees on Christmas Day. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, and and down here, about the time you get to late October, it, you know it's down in the forties, and and, mm. and it gets down. I, I played several games where it was twenty degrees at kickoff, and that changes mm. a football game. Um, it's it's a whole lot different. So there's just a lot of a lot of stuff to battle uh, w- when it comes to playing in the Big Ten, and um, yeah, and there are and there are some bad teams like Rutgers and and Maryland, uh, not great uh, all the time. Nebraska has been pretty bad. Illinois has been pretty bad, but every conference has those, no doubt. And um, I think the top of the Big Ten, you know, you look at the top six teams: um, Iowa, Wisconsin, Michigan State, Penn State, Ohio State. And Michigan, those six can really they can come down to the SEC and compete and win games um, for sure. And um, and it's it's just uh, it's just a little bit different. Every conference has their own sort of flavor to it, um, but but those two conferences they definitely sort of take the lead when it comes to uh, overall strength. Man, that's perfect. Uh, that's that's exactly what I wanted to hear and and what all my listeners wanted to hear. And Tyler, man, 
you know, life after football. Could could you explain that? And and what do you you know what do you have going on with your podcast? And tell my listeners a little bit about that, man. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, for me, uh, you know, I wasn't the I wasn't the star quarterback or the running back. I was a mm-hmm. specialist, a, a long snapper, pretty good one. Um, size wise, I was never I was never very big, so I was probably playing. I was I was probably. Uh, out kicking my own coverage as far as my career went. Um, when it came time to graduate and then, you know, train for the, for the NFL, Mm -hmm. I did that whole process and went through it, talked to a couple teams during draft week, but then like a lot of guys, nothing ever sort of matriculated, you know, no calls, nobody really was interested in me. And I was pretty okay with that. I knew that that was maybe going to be the case. So my, uh, my personal passion and my, in my own personal life has been fitness and health. And, Mm. um, you know, my whole goal was to sort of get into coaching, uh, CrossFit and and fitness classes and personal training. Um, and I, and I've done that and I still do that. Mm -hmm. But then a year out of school, um, a couple of my former teammates, all of us were originally walk-ons came up with the idea to, to maybe start a podcast. You know, there was nothing really in the Iowa football space where, you know, something had been started by former athletes. So we started talking on, on the mic and people started listening and it, it, it caught wildfire. People loved it. And so um, it's now turned into a full on media brand where, you know, we sell merchandise and we do the podcast and we have um, exclusive content on a platform that we use and we're making money in a whole, you know, a whole different three or four ways. And it's become a legitimate business, which is basically my full time job now. And it's been, it's been absolutely insane um, to think that that's what my life has turned into. Uh, I never thought I'd be making content for for you know Iowa Hawkeye fans as my job, but that's where I'm at, and that's that's opened up you know radio gigs. I did a post game radio show this past season, and I do interviews all the time. You know, a, a podcast like this from other schools or other fan bases, mm-hmm. they reach out, and I I get to do cool stuff like this, and you know, my life has been really really cool and. Yeah, the Washed Up Walk-Ons podcast, it's all about Iowa football. Um, you know, we, we post twice a week during the season. Like many podcasts, we're breaking down the games and previewing matchups for the next week. And then right now, as we get into the off season, it's more so about interviewing our former teammates and guys who just graduated from the program and coaches and staff members and um, just sort of an all-encompassing Iowa football podcast. So it's uh, it's been really fun, and, and we love doing it. Man, that's awesome, and and I I've watched a couple couple clips on on YouTube, and and I really enjoy you guys and how y'all cut up and and just deliver the content, man. And you know, Tyler, I got one more question for you, man, before I let you go. And I just want I want to hear what is your what is your biggest most memorable moment as an Iowa Hawkeye? Well, for. Uh... For me personally, there's there's probably two moments. I always mm-hmm. split it into two because one is, is very selfish. Um, I was uh, I was a part of a well, probably one of the more well known plays that's happened in the last ten years or twenty years in, in Kinnick Stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, Ohio State came to town in 2017, my senior season, and um, and we somehow that day just played a perfect football game and. and beat him by 30. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just sort of an anomaly. Um, part of that uh, beating was we were up, I think, 10 or 15 points 
uh, in the third quarter, and we ran a fake field goal where I actually caught a pass. Um, oh wow! So that was that was wild. Um, and and then as far as the team goes, back in our undefeated season in 2015, um, the game that really broke us through in that season and sort of you know got us into the national limelight people started talking was our big 10 opener against wisconsin and we hadn't beat wisconsin in four or five years at that point we went up to camp randall stadium in wisconsin and beat them 10 to 6 and there was a there's a huge moment where they had made a, a long drive in the fourth quarter um all the way down to the one yard line and they were about to, to go in and score and take the lead and one of our d linemen drove the guard back so quickly on this, you know, it was going to be basically just a dive play mm-hmm. um, that the guard stepped on the quarterback's foot as he was trying to make the handoff. The quarterback fumbled the ball and we jumped on it. Um, oh. And that basically sealed us the game. And that's, I'll never forget that moment because beating Wisconsin has sort of been Iowa's hump to get over every mm-hmm. year to make it to the Big Ten Championship. And, and that was the start of really something special that year. So those two moments are, are ones that stick out in my mind. And, and it, you know, those are just two from 10 or 15 crazy opportunities that I, I got to be a part of, but really, really cool stuff. Man, Tyler, I, I absolutely loved, I absolutely loved this episode, man, getting to talk to you about Iowa football and, and I've started this little podcast, man. I, I'm a huge Auburn fan and, you know, I cover a lot of SEC stuff and, and, you know, after football season just ended, man, some of my listeners were like, well, you know, instead of just focusing on just the SEC, just branch out to some other schools. And the first two schools that come to mind was Oregon and Iowa. And I, I got with Joel Gunderson, a writer for Oregon yesterday and did an episode with him and, and I thought that was really neat about about their program and where they're headed. And then, you know, you hit me back instantly and, and getting you to come on and talk about the Iowa program, man. I'm just so thankful, and I appreciate you for coming on and giving me your time on this Saturday, man. Absolutely, brother. I, uh, I love doing this stuff. Like I said, it's sort of my job now, so I, I love getting the opportunity to talk. And, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully the Hawks and the, the Tigers meet up sometime and we can do a little crossover episode. Man, that'd be awesome, Tyler. Uh, man, I, I hope I can get you back on, you know, closer to football season. And, and I really appreciate you coming on, man. Absolutely. Have a fantastic day. You do the same, man. See ya. Man, Tyler Kluver, everybody. Give him a round of applause. What a guy. Gave me 20, what, 25 minutes of his time on a Saturday morning. Just really made time for me. Talked about the blizzard up an hour right now. And, and man, I really appreciate you coming on, Tyler. Heck of a guy. You know, just talking about his playing days in the Iowa football program. I, I really enjoyed it. It is so neat that we have the opportunity to branch out and and network with these people and, and get to know them. And, and just for him to take his time and come on this show and fill the SEC audience in of a Big Ten program and, you know, one that's not always on SportsCenter or ESPN as, as a Michigan and our Ohio State brand. It's Iowa, and and I think he, he put it out there perfect for you today, and he really gave you some, some really good things on Iowa football, and I absolutely loved it, and I can't wait to have Tyler back on. And 
wrapping things up, man. I appreciate everybody for listening. Go subscribe. Go hit the like button. Go leave a review, a written review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever. Man, I just really appreciate you guys listening, and I'm out. I'll catch you on the next one.